0: It's time for the March 24th, 2023 edition of Weekly Signal's Weekly Review, a personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on National Cocktail Day from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And, as always... Because he's only as young as he feels. (laughs) Mahler, the fake news dog. (laughs) Yes. Good morning, Mahler.
1: Morning, Mahler. Good boy. Today. Nathan? Yeah? Do you have a favorite cocktail?
0: Uh, I don't drink. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, not because I'm a
0: teetotaler, Mm -hmm. but it it just makes me feel like I'm drinking poison. (laughs) I have a beer. Yeah. But it, it always kind of made me sick.
1: I'm with you. I just, I'm exactly with you. Yeah, but I am, but, but maybe I, a glass I, of I wine. like to
0: get yeah. stoned.
1: Yeah, yeah. You don't feel that way when you inhale that you're going to get sick.
0: Well, I don't. I'm yeah. sure there are people in the world that do. I'm not yeah. saying anything. Yeah, against drinking alcohol. I just it made me feel like I was being poisoned. That's yeah. all. Okay. It made me feel rancid in my tummy. Today we'll be talking about climate crisis porn, LADDT. Pornhub, loving tofu, arms for hostages, Afro Man, and so much more. But first, I just want to say hi to our listeners again in uh, Belgium. Oh. Cat yeah. Dowie and their beagle, Tyrion.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: They wrote to us recently about Joseph de Vestor, also known as Father Damien, who is a local hero of theirs, of Cat uh, Dowie, and I assume their beagle too. Father Damien was born in Leuven, Belgium. That's where they live. Hmm. Father Damien was a Roman Catholic priest recognized for his ministry, which he led from 1873 until his death in 1889 in Hawaii. Now I know that name. Yeah, to people with leprosy. He had his ministry for people with leprosy, or as we call it now, Hansen's disease. Hmm. Sounds like a soda disease, though, doesn't it? (laughs) I mean, leprosy sounds like you got something. Yeah. Hans' disease sounds like you're drinking too much (laughs) lemon-lime. Anyway, Father Damien dressed residents with ulcers, built a reservoir, made coffins, dug graves, and ate poi with them, providing medical and emotional support. After 11 years caring for the physical, spiritual, and emotional needs of those in the leper colony, Father Damien himself contracted leprosy. He continued with his work despite the infection, but finally succumbed to the disease on April 15th, 1889. He is venerated as a saint and is considered the spiritual patron for leprosy and outcasts. Yeah. His remains are in a shrine to Father Damien, which is just a short walk from
1: Cat Dowie, and Tyrion's home in Leuven, Belgium. Oh. By the way, the leper colony exists to this day. Really? It's still there. Wow. So, hi, Cat.
0: Thank you. Hi, Thank Dally. you so much. Nathan has Hi, told Tyrion. Me,
1: yeah, Laysan's told me lots yeah. about you. Yeah. Thank you. Hi. And Mahler, too. Yeah,
0: Mahler says hi, the Tyrion especially.
1: How do you feel about polygamy? How do I feel about polygamy?
0: Yeah. I don't think so. You wouldn't like a hundred wives? No. No, How I... How about two?
1: No. But, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, what am so, I... So, I get the feeling uh,
0: just by your answers and the timing of them that...
1: You wouldn't want 100, but two? Two. Maybe. I mean, it's just such an odd social contract. From
0: the Guardian, new research shows that extreme polygamy may be driving male southern elephant seals to early deaths. (laughs) So maybe you got something, Mike. Uh, A study of 14,000 southern elephant seals at Macquarie Island in the southwestern Pacific has found that while survival rates for young males and females are roughly comparable, male survival rapidly decreases after eight years of age, dropping to around 50% survival rate, while female survival remains at about 80%. Southern elephant seals differ significantly in size. Okay. Adult males can weigh up to five times as much as an adult female. Females weigh about 800 to 2,000 pounds. Males, 5,000 to 9,000 pounds. Holy. Male southern elephant seals are into extreme polygyny, and in males, size determines who is dominant. Only a small proportion of the largest and most dominant males known as beachmasters <laughs> control harems of breeding females. Oh my God. Only around 4% of the males become beachmasters. But <laughs> one supersized beachmaster can have a harem of up to 100 females. Once the harems get that big, the beachmaster might allow for a younger male to be an assistant beachmaster. <laughs> I guess uh, that's what they call them there. Wow. Researchers believe the competitive pressures on bulking up to be dominant males drives male southern elephant seals to gain weight as quickly as possible. So they got all this pressure; yeah, they want to be dominant. i going to say a lot of pressure. They're, they're just eating in this. as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. and when they eat as much as possible, it makes them forage in the shallower waters <clears throat> that may put them at higher risk of getting eaten by their predators, like orcas and sleeper sharks. And so, too much sex equals death. <laughs> you had
1: a point there, Mike. Yeah. Maybe I guess. the deal is is. Well, I'm thinking two, two. You're still on two. <clears> huh? Yeah, I think two. Huh. Now I don't. You know, again, that's a lot of pressure. I can barely take care of myself. That. Yeah, Oof. that's right, Ma. If you like, if you'd like to be or meet a
0: beachmaster, may I recommend a donation to KUCI instead? Let's go to kuci.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. Mm-hmm. Last week, yes. the Washington Post ran an interesting story on environmental sound. Mm-hmm. I bring this up because we're in a place that deals with sound all the time. Yes. Soundscape researchers are using spectrograms of soundscapes to visually identify species and evaluate environments. You can see the spectrograms and hear the sounds at the Washington Post. Using machine learning and neural networks, the researchers compile audio signals from animals and their surroundings that give a sense of that ecosystem's health. If you look at the spectrogram of a healthy ecosystem that's full of lots of biodiversity, you'll see that spectrogram fairly full of different sounds from different species, researchers said. Simply listening to natural sounds has been shown to decrease human mortality rates, decrease stress, and improve mental health, cognitive performance, and even birth outcomes. We've evolved as a species in these environments that are full of different natural sounds, researchers said. So an environment that's full of natural sounds is a fairly good indicator of a safe environment. Excellent. What a great idea. Unless you live next to like a lion or something. (laughs) Yeah. Or Mahler for that. Or for Mahler, yeah. I mean, listen. God knows, yeah.
1: Do you want to put up with this? Mahler. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Try that 14 hours a day.
0: (laughs) From Scientific American. Spring is starting earlier in the southwest and mid-Atlantic states. Birds are heading north before it's well-stocked with insects. Bees are missing out on early blossoms. (sighs) Ticks and other pests have more time to spread disease. Flowers are blooming unseasonably early. Some have already peaked with their petals turning brown and wilting, and it's only mid-March. Migratory birds like the Nashville warbler have touched down several weeks ahead of schedule, and on blades of grass in New York State and other spots, ticks have perched since February, poised to latch on to their first victims of the season that haven't yet arrived. These premature signs of spring were spurred by a wild mild winter. A wild winter? Well, it was wild for... For some of us for some yeah. spurred by a mild winter across much of the country's eastern half 12 states had their warmest january and february on record and another 18 had Januarys and Februarys in their top 10 warmest humans may welcome the chance to warm up but early springs can have devastating ecological impacts from pollinators missing the flowers they usually visit to an increase in conflicts between humans and animals his hibernations are cut short. You're tr- trying to get some sleep. You're <laughs> yeah. a bear. Yeah. You'll wake up early. Mm-hmm. You're going to be grumpy for the whole year.
1: Yeah, grumpy, mad. You'll eat anything. You'll kill anything. You're so... The situation
0: will up. only worsen yeah. as the climate crisis makes winters warmer and springs earlier. When early springs don't just become the exception, they become the rule. And that's what we're seeing with climate change in general.
1: I don't know what it is that we as a species need to hear or know, watch, that will change us to the point where we're, there's enough political pressure, there's enough whatever pressure to, to start, start, at least to address this in a significant way. Infrastructure- I think
0: we're moving in a good direction. It's yeah. just that there's so yeah. many forces pulling us back. Last Inter- year, Business la- interests. People yeah. that like to make
1: money rather than improve the planet. Last year, oil subsidies across the globe were at an all-time high. From
0: Hakai Magazine. After a one-year pandemic pause and a limited season in 2021, vacation cruises to Alaska resumed and surged in popularity in 2022. This year, an estimated 700,000 passengers will depart Seattle, Washington on hundreds of different polluting cruises because they lead pathetic lives that can only be fulfilled if they leave town and blather on about it later. Mm -hmm. I saw this. I saw that. Mm -hmm. Look at this picture of me standing next to a glacier. This falling apart. This falling Mm -hmm. apart. They book time on increasingly massive ships, some about three sports fields in length that house, feed, and process the waste of upward of 4,000 human beings. These polluting cruisers deliver thousands of people to the glaciers, fjords, and small towns of southeast Alaska to witness climate crisis porn. Glaciers melting, snow disappearing. They help prop up the Pacific Northwest tourism economy, but they come at great environmental and human costs. Carbon emissions, wastewater discharges, engine and propeller noise, mountains of trash, and an influx of visitors have a cumulative of. Effect on ecosystems in tiny communities. Mm-hmm. And the Port of Seattle estimates that 85% of cruise passengers arrive and depart Seattle by air. Mm-hmm. The total climate impact of a typical Alaska cruising season, beginning and ending in Seattle, including flights, is equivalent to one-third of the city's entire annual carbon emissions. On top of carbon emissions, cruises are vectors for disease spread. Yes. that had a big factor during uh, COVID. Yes. Whether it's disease spreads, carbon emissions, wastewater pollution, noise impacts, trash, or thousands of tourists, the cumulative impact of cruising is overwhelming.
1: When COVID really, I think for me, and I think for a lot of people, when COVID seemed to be the manifestation of some of the fears that people had been talking about up to that point, was when they were talking about cruise ships. And there were one or two in particular I do remember that were banned from landing. They were off the coast for many weeks because it was such a large outbreak on these ships.
0: I recall at the time, uh, what was it, uh, President Trufflecock?
1: Yes, Trufflecock.
0: He wanted to leave them off the coast. That's right. So they couldn't be part of the count. Yeah. From Los Angeles Times, scientists have discovered that much of the DDT, which had been dumped largely in the 1940s and 1950s off the coast of Los Angeles, never broke down. Oh, no. The chemical remains in its most potent form in extremely high concentrations spread across a wide swath of seafloor larger than the city of San Francisco. In other words, it hasn't broken down. It's exactly the same, and they just dumped it in out of barrels.
1: Yes. Yes. Held
0: as a miracle in the 1950s, the potent bug killer, DDT, that's dichlorodiphenyl trichloroethane, promised freedom from malaria, typhus, and other insect-borne diseases. Since then, it was found that the daughters of mothers exposed to high DDT levels while pregnant had elevated rates of breast cancer, hypertension, and obesity, Following exposure, human symptoms include vomiting, tremors, or shakiness, and seizures. Laboratory animals show DDT exposure can affect the liver and reproduction. Significant amounts of DDT-related compounds accumulate in California condors and local dolphin populations. And a recent study linked DDT to an aggressive cancer in sea lions. Yeah. Yeah. And now we found it off the coast of uh, Los Angeles and in its original
1: form. That is truly depressing because I, I thought DDT was kind of a thing that we had dealt with. It was sort of a background noise at this point, but apparently not. And I do also remember the pushback from industry when it was banned and basically that the environmentalists were a bunch of hysterical bedwetters because we were concerned about it at all. <laughs> ¶¶
0: You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. From the Washington Post. A recent report has confirmed what we knew all along, Mike. Okay. The long whispered fact that Ronald Reagan made a deal with Iran when he was running for president to sink Jimmy Carter's reelection has a witness. Mm-hmm. A veteran Texas politician named Ben Barnes told the New York Times that he had accompanied the late John Connolly, the former Texas governor, to the Middle East for the purposes of striking a deal with Iran to hold the hostages. In other words, to keep Americans held captive in a life-threatening situation so Reagan could be president. What happened next? Barnes was largely kept secret for the nearly 43 years. Connolly, Barnes said, took him to one Middle Eastern capital after another that summer, meeting with a host of regional leaders to deliver a blunt message to be passed to Iran. Don't release the hostages before the election. Reagan will win and give you a better deal. And by not releasing the hostages, you were assuring that Reagan would win. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, the news, uh, the nightly news, it's not like it is now. There are three networks carrying a national news, and each one of them had a day-by-day Tabulation, they would tell you how many days the co- hostages had been held. Mm-hmm. And it kept getting higher and higher and higher. Then, shortly after returning home, Connolly reported to William Casey, the chairman of Reagan's campaign and later director of the CIA, briefing him about the trip in an airport lounge. Barnes identified four living people he said he had confided in over the years. Mark Up the Groove, a president of the LBJ Foundation, Tom Johnson, a former aide to Lyndon Johnson, Tom Johnson is no relation to him, Mm -hmm. who later became publisher of the Los Angeles Times and president of CNN, Larry Temple, a former aide to Connolly and Lyndon Johnson, and H.W. Brands, a University of Texas historian. All of them confirmed recently that Barnes shared the story with them years ago, So what this means is
1: all these guys knew this happened. Yeah. It didn't step forward. Just think how much the country changed because Ronald Reagan was president for eight years. Yeah. Profoundly. And the guy from the L.A. Times and CNN,
0: the guy who was publisher and a big monkey muck at CNN, knew Barnes' story for years, and yet nobody at either of the news operations he ran reported on one of the most consequential stories of the 20th century. Yeah, really is. From Newsweek, a new report by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's internal watchdog has found that the Trump administration appointees at the Environmental Protection Agency meddled in agency science to weaken the toxicity assessment of a dangerous chemical. The controversy centered around a 2021 toxicity report for PFBS, a type of PFAS compound that is toxic at low levels. Research has linked the chemical to kidney disease, reproductive problems, and thyroid damage, and it has been found throughout the environment, including an estimated 860,000 Americans drinking water. In response to what it labeled political interference, the Biden administration in February of 2021 pulled the assessment, republished it months later using what is said is sound science, and declared it had resolved the issue. The scientists say the controversy is part of a deeper problem afflicting the EPA industry influence on career staff and an unwillingness for the EPA to address it. And on the PFAS front, just last week, the Environmental Protection Agency announced the government intends to require near-zero levels of perfluoral alkyl and polyfluoral alkyl substances, both PFAS, From Newsweek, in a move that could trigger conflict from Governor Ron DeSantos, who has already clashed with Disney over LGBTQ rights, the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida is scheduled to host what has been billed as the largest LGBTQ conference in the world. And just later this year, this will happen. Out in Equal, a group that campaigns for gay, lesbian, and transgender rights in the workplace, is due to hold its 2023 Workplace Summit at the resort from September 11th through 14th. In February, DeSantis signed into law a bill appointing a five-person government board to oversee Reedy Creek Improvement District, which Disney has managed as a largely self-governing authority for over the past 50 years. The move followed a statement from Disney criticizing DeSantis's parental rights in education legislation, dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill.
1: Ron DeSantis has created his version of what, in Florida, what he'd like the United States to look like, sound like, be like. Pay attention to what he's doing. Now, if this is something you think is a good thing, well, screw you. But otherwise, he's making Florida ungovernable. There'll be a lot of consequences, brain drain there to be a lot of things that are going to happen in, in Florida over the next decade or so that'll be pretty devastating to them.
0: Well, if you think it will be a good thing, what DeSantis is doing, uh, don't screw you. Come on over to our side, because eventually, Ron DeSantis will find a way to take away your rights yeah. and your freedoms and confine the things that you like to do yeah. and drive people away and drive the economy down. Now, who's going to win here, do you think? Disney or DeSantis? Yeah, I,
1: come on. By the way, his poll numbers, I know you don't like to talk about this. I'm, the poll numbers are starting to drop for him. From the Hill, Arkansas Governor Republican Sarah Huckabee
0: Sanders signed a law that paves the way for a monument to the unborn to be built on the state's capital's grounds. I keep thinking to myself it has something to do with baby Jesus. <laughs> well, you got a whole religion that worships a baby.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baby Jesus.
0: Babies are great. But you have to
1: think about the life of the mother. Yeah. You have to think about the life of the child as it grows up. Another consequence of all this is doctors are terrified to provide health care to women under these circumstances. There was a hospital in Idaho that shut down its maternity unit for fear of what might happen in terms of prosecution of doctors, of whatever, of the hospital itself because of these draconian anti-abortion laws. Anti-healthcare laws, really, is what they are. This uh, Huckabee Sanders law aims to erect a monument as a memorial to the
0: lives lost from 1973 to 2022 due to the decisions of the United States Supreme Court and as a constant reminder of our duty to protect the life of every innocent human person, read baby, no matter, or less than baby, fetus, no matter how young or old or how helpless and vulnerable that person may be. And they don't think about how helpless and vulnerable persons may be who are getting older or maybe middle-aged or maybe teenagers. That's a different thing for them. They'd rather punish them for the most part. The law sets up a Monument to Unborn Children display fund to raise money for the purpose of erecting and maintaining a suitable monument on the state capitol grounds commemorating unborn children aborted during the era of Roe v. Wade. Arkansas's majority Republican state and House Senate both approved the bill earlier this month. Arkansas currently bans abortions except to save the life of the mother with no exceptions for rape or incense.
1: How is this not state control over a woman's body? From Financial Times, MindGeek, one of the world's
0: largest and most controversial porn companies and parent company of Pornhub, has been acquired by a newly set-up Canadian private equity firm. The move comes as MindGeek is being sued over sexually explicit videos of minors found on its site, which much like YouTube, rely on users to upload the content. Mm -hmm. That's why. Luxembourg registered MindGeek as towered over the adult industry, the adult industry, good God, the porn industry since the advent of video streaming. Its former majority owner was Bernard Bergamar, an ex-Goldman Sachs banker. Mm-hmm. MindGeek has since suffered a string of criticism over its business model, causing the departure of its top management team and partial loss of access to the Visa and MasterCard payment networks. The company was brought to the brink of collapse in late 2020 after its flagship site Pornhub was cut off by payments networks following investigations that identified unlawful content. And by the way, the name of the newly set up Canadian private equity firm that purchased MindGeek and Pornhub?
1: Ethical Capital Partners. Oh my God. Yeah, right. By the way, there is a documentary that's out on Netflix. It's called Money Shot. And it's all about what you're, what this story's about. It's what it's about. You want it's to take a, a deeper dive into it. It's about
0: they, ethical capital partners? No, or?
1: about about Pornhub and MindGeek uh-huh. and how they th- that whole relationship, how it evolved. One of the points of the documentary has to do with the people who are most affected financially are the sex workers who provide content for the site. From Science Daily,
0: new research indicates that the average IQ in the U.S. has declined for the first time in nearly 100 years. Researchers looked at the results of online IQ tests taken by 394,378 adults in the U.S. from 2006 to 2018. IQ scores substantially increased since 1932 and through the 20th century, with differences ranging from 3 to 5 IQ points. But in the new results, declines were seen widely across the board regardless of age and gender. The steepest slump was found among people with lower levels of education and younger participants aged 18 to 22. This might suggest that either the caliber of education has decreased across the study sample and or that there has been a shift in the perceived value of certain cognitive skills, the study's authors wrote in their conclusion. My guess is they're taking an IQ test online that isn't exactly a good measure of IQ.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, the U.S. isn't the only country with an IQ drop. Research on people in Finland shows IQ scores have dropped by two IQ points from 1997 to 2009, while in France... Scores declined by 3.8 IQ points from 1999 to 2009, Mm. and this has been similar findings in UK, Norway, Denmark, Australia, the Netherlands, and Sweden. Mm. No single factor can explain this trend, although some researchers have argued it's down to environmental factors, like education, nutrition, reading less, and the rise of technology, as opposed to genetics. But also, it's important to consider that IQ tests are concerned with a narrow set of skills. Intelligence is far too complex to be precisely measured. So there you go. this whole hoo-ha is perhaps nothing. From Art News, you can already build Lego sets of Andy Warhol's Marilyn Monroe screen prints, Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Nights, and Hokusai's The Great Wave. Now, Chinese artist Ai Weiwei took Legos to another level with a 50-foot-long version of one of Charles Monet's most famous images. Ai Weiwei used 650,000 Lego bricks in 22 colors oh in his version of Water Lilies, number one, the famous Impressionist triptych. Mm-hmm. Ai Weiwei's piece is currently on display at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. I don't know, it's pretty cheesy. Is this cultural appropriation? What is that? I'm saying, why not just have everything in the museum replaced with Legos? That way you don't need to worry about insurance. (laughs) And if you just don't like something, you can just take it apart and build another. (laughs) I would think you should be able to take the Monet's painting in Legos and rearrange it. Maybe make (laughs) it backward. (laughs) From the Washington Post, Afro Man, the rapper, Who in the early 2000s sang about forgetting to clean his room because I got high (laughs) is in the news again. Last August, his music took on a more serious issue when officers from the Adams County Sheriff's Office broke down his door and stormed into his Winchester, Ohio home with rifles drawn. The rapper wasn't home at the time, but he was shocked to learn that the officers were executing a warrant that alleged his house contained evidence of drug trafficking and kidnapping. Oh my God. The invading cops found no such evidence and instead seized around $5,000 in cash Aframan earned from gigs. In response, Aframan blasted the officers on an album, Lemon Pound Cake, and used footage of them conducting the search that he captured on his home security cameras in a video. In return, the cops recently sued Afro Man, alleging he unlawfully used their personas for a commercial purpose and subjected them to emotional distress and humiliation. (laughs) Poor little... (laughs) They go and knock his place apart and then say it's emotional distress
1: when the security cameras caught them. And since when are public servants in the duty of public service have rights to their images. I can video a cop all day long, I think, without fear of... Well, if you make it a
0: rock video, I understand their point, but Mm. Affermann intends to countersue and release a new album dissing the officers individually. Mm. This Mm. is what he says. I feel I have every right to do what I'm doing, and I think I took the most smartest positive route. I didn't go flip them off in the middle of the street and throw trash cans through their sheriff's department door, like they did him. I licked my wounds, I made a song, and I did the best I could.
1: Yeah.
0: Go Afro good for Man. It. Yeah,
1: good for Afro Man.
0: And yeah. finally... He's a hero. And finally, a Maine vegan. Mm-hmm. Guy in Maine, who's a vegan, mm-hmm. whose license plate raids... Love Tofu, Mm L-U-V-T-O-F-U, is one of the motorists caught in a state crackdown on vulgar personalized license plates. The state of Maine concluded that the license plate Love Tofu could be seen as a reference to loving sexual intercourse, love to Mm F-U, instead of an admiration for bean curd.